Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Terrio Media. Did you know that up to 50% of your lifetime income will be wiped out by taxes? What if you could stop this madness? Isn't it about time you play on a level playing field with the wealthiest 1%? Now you can. Tim Barry, attorney at law, shares here each and every week current tactics and strategies that anyone can implement to hack the tax code, protect your assets, and keep what's rightfully yours. It's time for Tax Hacker Tuesday. All righty, welcome to the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. Welcome back to Tax Hacker Tuesday with my attorney and friend, Tim Barry. Tim, how goes it? It is going fantastic, Matt, yourself? Oh, couldn't be better. If I told you, you'd be so jealous. <laughs> uh, on Mondays here at Epic, we show you new and creative ways, as well as time-honored ways of making money with real estate. And on Tuesdays, Tim and I, well, actually just Tim, will show you how to keep it and I ask him questions and he gives us really clever, creative answers. And uh, speaking of questions, it doesn't always have to be my question. You can actually have the ability, uh, or you do have the ability, not can, you do have the ability to ask questions to Tim as well. And we'll answer them here right on the show. You can go to taxhacker.com forward slash questions. Do you even have to say forward slash anymore? You can just say slash, right? We all know it's a forward slash. Taxhacker.com slash questions and then right there you can post your questions and tim and i or tim will i'll ask the question for you on your behalf and then tim will answer it so we have a few questions here we mentioned this a long time ago so there's not a lot of questions here so this would be a great time to go there and you could certainly get your question uh answered directly right here on the show um and we might have answered this before i remember putting this in i put it here on behalf of one of the listeners that asked this inside of our private facebook group and that's gilbert ross and he had asked what real estate strategies do you suggest for real estate investors besides flipping with the new tax laws going into effect tim yes sir what can you say to that i mean when you talk about tech or when you're talking about investing strategies it's really like you can flip, you can hold, or you can finance, or kind of what we're limited to, limited to, right? I mean, in general. Yeah, in general, but I mean, holding is a wonderful thing because, gosh, you get the rental income. Mm-hmm. Uh, chances are the rental income is going to be negative from a tax viewpoint, even though it's probably going to be positive from a cash flow viewpoint. Right. So, okay, stop right there. I'm stopping. Explain that. Because I think that's really key, and I don't want to brush over that. That's really one of the magical things about real estate, that cash flows. Oh, yeah, it's uh, super magical. Uh, explanation is, let's say that you have rent on a property of 
I don't know, $14,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Chances are you're going to have depreciation of, I don't know, about 6000 a year. And you're going to have an interest deduction of probably about 8000 a year. Mm-hmm. Translation, you have income of 14000 You have tax expenses of 14000 You have a net tax bill of zero, if not negative. Most people, it's probably negative. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is, a lot of these are cashless deductions. So like the depreciation deduction, uh, if that was $6,000 a year, well, you're still getting that $6,000 cash into your grubby little paws and you can spend it and yet you don't have to pay taxes on it. And mm-hmm. then there's a way how if you really go crazy and off the reservation, you can get double depreciation on a piece of property. So theoretically, you could probably get, I don't know, about $10,000 of depreciation by doing this stuff. So right off the top, buy and hold is fantastic because you get cash flow and you typically don't have to pay taxes on the income generated by the cash flow. Right. So the government or as far as your tax reporting, it looks at it as you lost money, mm-hmm. but you had actual money go into your bank that you got to go buy stuff with. Absolutely. It's right. a wonderful thing. Okay. And the other component too, the other neat component, so it's a buy and hold. Heaven forbid, let's say the property even appreciates. You don't have to pay taxes on appreciation. And yet it's growing, hopefully, each and every year. And then if you wanted to, you could go out and get cash refis and get money out that way, tax-free. It's a wonderful thing. So refinances, that's not counted as income. Refinances are not counted as income. You might have gotten some cash, but you have a duty, a liability to pay it back. So you had no increase in net value in the eyes of the IRS. Voila, tax-free income. It's a wonderful thing. My friend Jason, he says, refi until you die. (laughs) Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Right. Cool. And then another question that this came up, and I've been asked this several times, and I'm like, uh, I'll have to ask Tim, and I always forget, but now I'm going to ask because I'm remembering, Mm -hmm. is when you take that depreciation, the cynics and the skeptics out there, yeah, but you have to recapture it when you sell it. Is that true? How does that work? Uh, no, uh, most of the time you don't have to recapture it. The recapture is if you have accelerated depreciation. Otherwise, it's really a non-event. Uh, and depreciation is just a wonderful thing because you get the depreciation. It goes against your ordinary income, which can be taxed you know, super high in the 30% plus and all that stuff. And then whenever you sell, you get capital gains treatment. And that's if you're stupid enough to even pay taxes on the sale. If you're smart, you're going to do a 1031 which is a way to sell the property without paying taxes and then refi until you die on that acquisition. And, or there's all sorts of different trusts and ways that you can sell the property um, in a tax-free nature or a tax deferred nature. So uh, yeah, the recapture is kind of a non-event. That's uh, it is. Okay. amateur hour. That's what it is. Oh, that's my answer from now on. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's amateur hour. Different. That's amateur yeah. hour. Bring a tough question to me. <laughs> 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 if you don't know what you're doing, yeah, you might have some depreciation recapture, but realistically, you're not going to have it. Well, that's why we need an expert on our side. <clears throat> right. Cool. All right. So I guess uh, that kind of answered it. Maybe it did unless you because I did stop you mid-sentence. So maybe there's more you're going to add to Gilbert's question uh, or add the answer you're going to add to his question. Uh, well, I'm just going to add about the uh, component of uh, the appreciation of the actual property, too, is cool. That's probably going to be tax-free. Right, right. 
Um, you know, the four profit centers of real estate, we've got, we, we just talked about two appreciation. We talked about three appreciation, um, cash flow, mm-hmm. and depreciation. Mm-hmm. And then there's amortization, right? Mm-hmm. Particularly if it's an income property, you're, you're building equity in that way as well, because it's the tenant that's paying that down for you, that debt. Mm-hmm. So, um, with regard to say partnerships mm-hmm. and you were going to buy a property with a, a partner mm-hmm. and kind of what I'm thinking about is someone that's in the, in real estate because they want the cash flow because they want to start paying their bills. They want to escape the rat race. And then they might be partnering with someone who doesn't really have those cash flow needs, but might have use for the other profit centers. We can divide those up, right? Like all day long, all day long. So like the, the scenario I'm thinking about is, you know, someone that doesn't have a lot of money, but has got the time, got the knowledge, they're willing to go out and get dirty on behalf of someone like a, a busy professional, a doctor or a lawyer. We've got a bunch of surgeons in our community. I don't know why we, how we attracted all the surgeons, but now we have them. So they're cash rich, but they pay a, a crap load in taxes. So there's a really powerful way that those two could partner, right? And how would that work? Uh, no, I'm just, there's so many open doors in front of me right now by asking how would that work? Simple, easy way to make that work would be, and we kind of alluded to this in a different podcast, we give all the cash flow to the person who wants the cash flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the person wants to get their hands dirty. We say, okay, cool. You're in charge of the rental property. You know, make sure everything, the toilets are working, all that other good stuff. And you get the cash flow. And you have to pay the taxes, if any, on that cash flow. Mm-hmm. Meantime, the the high net worth type who doesn't want the current income, why don't we give them all the appreciation of the property? Uh, and once again, they're not they don't have to pay taxes on that until they sell it. And chances are they're not going to pay taxes on that either. Mm-hmm. And then it's even cooler. Well, I don't know how far down to go inside this little rabbit hole. But the cool thing is, even if there was no appreciation on that property, if we did the deal correctly or did it uh, in a certain manner, they're still going to get appreciation. The high net worth person would still get appreciation because the one who gets the cash flow gives them XYZ dollars up front for that cash flow. Mm-hmm. So that's getting weird and out there, but there's all sorts of ways we can, it just comes down to what do the different parties want and we can create a solution. Uh, to do that. And, and that's one thing, Matt, that I think is just the absolute mind blower of the legal world. If you just stop and think about it, we can drop a contract to pretty much do anything. We can, we've got a bunch of rabbits in my neighborhood. So we could drop a contract to say, if five rabbits run across the street at the same time, you get this property. And that's allowable legal. So what we have to try to bring that back into the conversation you started how could we do this? We can do this however the parties want it. We can mix and match the cash flow however the parties want to do it. And we can probably create some pretty darn neat tax benefits to go with that as well. Mm-hmm. That was too out there, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. It's, it, it's taken me through other questions, but then we got totally off of Gilbert's question. But I think we answered Gilbert's question and it just uh, you're really good at this, Tim. I never know what I'm going to ask you. And we just started talking. I was like, yeah, but what about this? And what about that? So that's good. No, because the, you know, when people come in to start investing in real estate, you know, we take an assessment right up front when we have our first call with them is, 
you know, to, to be successful in this, you need four things. You need knowledge, you need time, you need money, and you need credit. Now they don't all, you don't have to have, uh, they don't all have to belong to you, but you do have to have access to them all. And every time someone comes in, if th whatever they're short on, they think they're at some sort of disadvantage. And what they don't realize is that whatever you're short on, someone is really high on and they're deficient in what you're really strong on. And they think they're at a disadvantage as well. So I think there's just, there's opportunities for once you realize that what you bring to the table is an amazing amount of value to somebody else, you know, partnerships are really a, a way that can work out and benefit both sides um, as if they were the, the sole person in there because they're getting what, what they need, what they're deficient in. Does that make sense? It's the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup story, isn't it? Right, right. Yeah. Or, or the less filling, or, or the beer. Or less the, <laughs> right. Well, I'll take the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. I mean, you have chocolate, that's cool. You got uh -huh. peanut butter, that's cool. You put the two together, and what do you get? An absolute miracle. Right, right. I like it. It is a miracle candy for sure. <laughs> they always, they, they keep, if you walk down the candy aisle right now, there is like nine different variations of the Reese's peanut butter cup. And still the original is by far the best. <laughs> and you heard it here first. And All right. Maybe you find that endorsement deal for him. I know. I know. We're going to do hashtag Reese's. <laughs> totally. Brought to you today by <laughs> Tim and his bunny neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> the Reese's peanut butter Easter egg. There you go. Okay. This is getting dumb. All right. So, uh, Tim, thank you so much. Uh, we can only handle so much tax talk though, before we start losing the audience. So we do our best to keep it entertaining. Um, if you'd like to get a free copy of Tim's book, you can go to taxhacker.com and his book, how to take advantage of five loopholes in Trump's new tax plan. The mainstream media isn't sharing with you and could cost you a small or a large fortune. You don't want that. And after you've done that, you have the opportunity to schedule some time with Tim and either he or one of his team members will get on the phone with you for a short five to 10 minute call just to assess your situation, just to see if there's going to be a good fit here. Because if there's not a good fit, we don't want to waste your time. Uh, if there is a good fit, we'll tell you how we can help. And then, so after that, we'll take the next step. And uh, if it's a good fit, we'll show you uh, the benefits of a tax action plan and how that can improve your situation. And if there's not a good fit, they're going to go ahead and they're going to share some alternative resources with you to where a better fit for you can be made. Either way, Tim and his team are committed that you are better off after the call than you were before. That's just Tim. That's what he does. And that's what he's committed to. And that's, uh, that's why he's here on the show. That's why I'm sharing him with you. I was going to keep them all to myself, but I was like, no, Tim, we can help a lot of people. So Tim, any parting words? Uh, I can't think of any other than thank you very much for having me. You bet. You bet. And uh, I'll see you next week. All right. Sounds cool, sir. Thank you. Cool. And I'll see you next week as well on another episode of Tax Hacker Tuesday. Take care. That's it for today as we dream of a tax system that works just for you. But until then, you have Tim Barry. See you next Tuesday for another episode of Tax Hacker Tuesday. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.